game. They brought it, yeah. Then West Virginia ran them out of the gym. Yeah, that they night. did. That wasn't close. Yeah, they did. Okay, we're out. Thank you for being with us. Stay well, stay safe, enjoy all these sports that are going on. We're back again tomorrow night at 606 Sports Line. The CityNet Statewide Sports Line is an exclusive production of the Metro News Radio Network. All rights reserved. Your voice, news, sports, weather, politics, the latest information. First, WVOW and WVOWradio.com. of the altogether strange year 2020 has been there are probably more undecided voters for local and state offices this year than in any other previous year tonight we're giving you an opportunity to hear directly from candidates and perhaps to help you make your decision for whom to vote for for logan county prosecutor logan county commission and state senate good evening i'm jay nunley and i will serve as moderator for our second series of debates tonight we will hear from david wandling and joseph spradling Candidates for Prosecutor, Diana Barnett and Dr. Ed White. Candidates for County Commission, and Rupi Phillips and Ralph Rodiguero. Candidates for State Senate for the 7th District. We are coming to you from the Savas Costas Theater on the Logan campus of Southern West Virginia Community and Technical College. Our thanks to Joe Linville and everyone at Southern for making these debate series a reality. We also thank our sponsors, whom you will hear from right now. This is Election 2020 on WVOW. Hey folks, your man Travis Chopper Fair coming to you from Dutch Miller, South Charleston, West Virginia. Coming to you for some deals on Dodge Durango this month. We got the GT all-wheel drive for only $349 a month or the GT Plus all-wheel drive for $419 a month. Call me for the details and let me chop, chop, chop the prices for you. Dutch Miller, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram, and Kia in South Charleston, 304-343-7700, or visit DutchMillerDodge.com. U.S. Loans in Man has a full line of Barnett bows and more, including the Barnett XP400, XP380, Raptor Pro, Mission X330, and the Raven R20. U.S. Loans in Man also has over 400 boxes of 9mm shelves. You've been searching everywhere else for them? They are at U.S. Loans right now. And they've recently acquired a $100,000 jewelry deal and we'll be making some outstanding deals on the items. It's all at U.S. Loans in Man. Call 304-583-6969. The Children's Home Society of West Virginia is a private, non-profit child welfare organization founded in 1896. The Children's Home Society's vision is that each child in West Virginia grows up in a safe and nurturing family that provides for his or her current and future needs. If you would like to know more or become a foster parent, call 304-239-2470. The Children's Home Society of West Virginia serving children and families since 1896. Here's NECO employee Becky Adams. Foster parents are one of the biggest resources that can be used to help children heal from trauma. And it doesn't take a perfect parent to be a foster parent, just somebody that is willing to open their home, open their hearts, and provide them with some stability, love, and structure. 
Call Necco of Logan at 304-752-7830. Evans Funeral Home and Cremation Services, founded in 1975 by Riley Joe Evans, is a full-service funeral provider. And 2020 makes it 45 years of offering services that respect all faiths, personal preferences, and financial considerations. They're the only funeral home in Boone, Lincoln, and Logan with its own crematory. Contact Evans Funeral Home and Cremation Services at 304-855-3232 or visit www.evans-funeral-home.com or like Evans Funeral Home and Cremation Services on Facebook to see their updated obituary information. The candidates in tonight's debate series know our debate rules, but as a reminder for them and to let you know the parameters of our discussion tonight, here is a list of some of those rules that are germane to those listening tonight. Number one, personal attacks and insults toward other candidates are not permitted. Uh, candidates may criticize an opponent's voting record, their platform, or policy ideas, but there will be no personal attacks. The moderator, that's me, will be the sole arbiter of what constitutes a personal attack or insult. Candidates will receive one warning. A second incident will result in expulsion from the debates. Uh, the moderator has not been permitted to discuss or have a conversation with any candidate about the debates. This began on September 4th, and it will continue until the end of the final debate on uh, October 20th. Now, the reason for this is I have a personal and or professional relationship with every single candidate, and we want to make sure there's not even the appearance of bias or impropriety. Each candidate will be asked an equal number of questions. Each candidate will be given two minutes to answer the question. Opponents will then have one minute to rebut that answer or to answer the same question. Now, due to time constraints, the timekeeping will be strict. Candidates will be given a visual cue when they have 15 seconds left. When the time has elapsed, their microphone will be turned off, even if the candidate is in mid-sentence. That's not to be rude. It's to stay within our time parameters. Each candidate will be given five minutes for a closing statement at the end of their debate. Candidates may not ask opponents questions during the debate. Asking questions of an opponent is permitted during the candidate's five-minute closing statement. However, designated time will continue if the opponent chooses to answer a question. Which candidate is asked a question first was determined by a random drawing executed by the moderator on September 4th. Language considered obscene by the Federal Communications Commission is prohibited. And I think that is it. With all that said, we will take a break once more, and when we come back, our first debate will be the candidates for Logan County Prosecutor. This is Election 2020 on WVOW. Hey, folks, your man Travis Chopper Fair come to you from Dutch Miller, South Charleston, West Virginia, home of Friends of Family Price. And we got the 19 model Ram heavy duty trucks right now up to $6,500 off on the 25 crew tradesman or $7,500 off on the 3,500 crew bighorn. Call me for the details and let me chop, chop, chop the prices for you. 304-343-7700 or visit DutchMillerDodge.com The Children's Home Society of West Virginia is a private, non-profit child welfare organization founded in 1896. The Children's Home Society's vision is that each child in West Virginia grows up in a safe and nurturing family that provides for his or her current and future needs. If you would like to know more or become a foster parent, call 304-239-2470. 
Children's Home Society of West Virginia, serving children and families since 1896. U.S. Loans in Man has a full line of Barnett bows and more, including the Barnett XP400, XP380, Raptor Pro, Mission X330, and the Raven R20. U.S. Loans in Man also has over 400 boxes of 9mm shelves. You've been searching everywhere else for them? They are at U.S. Loan right now. And they've recently acquired a $100,000 jewelry deal and will be making some outstanding deals on the items. It's all at U.S. Loans in Man. Call 304-583-6969. Evans Funeral Home and Cremation Services, founded in 1975 by Riley Joe Evans, is a full-service funeral provider. And 2020 makes it 45 years of offering services that respect all faiths, personal preferences, and financial considerations. They're the only funeral home in Boone, Lincoln, and Logan with its own crematory. Contact Evans Funeral Home and Cremation Services at 304-855-3232 or visit www.evans-funeral-home.com or like Evans Funeral Home and Cremation services on Facebook to see their updated obituary information. The staff and management of NECO of Logan are still providing services to children and families during this current state of affairs. They are continuing to provide counseling and case management services safely and conveniently through telehealth. And for a limited time, NECO is offering online foster parent training classes. For more information, visit NECO.org or call them at 304-752-7830. It is election 2020 from the Savas Costas Performing Arts Center on the campus of Southern West Virginia Community and Technical College. Succeed at Southern. The candidates for Logan County Prosecutor are David Wandling and Joe Spradling. With the random uh, generator giving us the first question goes to Mr. Spradling. Uh, good evening and thank you for being here. Will overcrowding at the regional jail or the immense cost of incarceration affect how you prosecute defendants? No, it's not the overcrowding at the regional jail will affect it. What will affect it is the need to bring cases quickly and get them disposed of. The regional jail really is now, since uh, it's been part of the DOC, is really not uh, separate. Uh, that is a problem. But the worst problem is people that are kept up there for sometimes six months, a year, with no trial. That's why the, the jail is crowded. Uh, we need to have more expeditious uh, prosecutions. We don't need to have people tried to, we don't need to have people held on bond as a means of punishment, which is going on. We need to be able to charge what happened, put the people on bond, and if they maintain on bond, try the case. Now, it wouldn't affect it a bit. Actually, that is not the prosecutor's problem. The prosecutor's problem is to know how to bring indictments and timely track cases. Mr. Wandling, uh, welcome and thank you for being here. Uh, your one-minute response. Uh, it is inevitable that overcrowding at the jail and the jail bill are going to affect the way cases are prosecuted. It has been a reality for the eight years that I've been working as an assistant prosecuting attorney. The county has an individual on payroll whose sole job it is is to help the prosecutor's office uh, work with the county to reduce the jail bill. We've had bond reform in this state. Uh, magistrates have lost a lot of their ability to set bonds that they believe need to be set 
because the legislature passed a bill which removes a lot of their discretion. So one problem that I've heard on the campaign trail is you have individuals going in on Monday and getting out on Tuesday. That's a result of bond reform, which is a result of the extraordinary cost associated with incarcerating individuals. We need to prioritize the individuals who are in jail, repeat offenders, and violent criminals need to be there. We need to work with addicts on seeking treatment for other types for other types of offenses. Our next question goes to you, Mr. Uh, Mr. Wandling. How important is a relationship between the prosecutor's office in a county and the various law enforcement agencies, and why is it important? Well, it's extremely important. Um, uh, at the start, the prosecutor is the chief law enforcement officer in the county. Uh, it's extremely important, and I've made it my mission while uh, I have been running to meet with each individual police agency in this county to hear them out on ideas um, to improve our relationship, uh, to be more efficient in the prosecution of cases, um, uh, and to hear what they think uh, that my office can do uh, to make their jobs easier and more effective. If the prosecutor and law enforcement are not on the same page, it, it, it's impossible to bring these cases to uh, a fair and just conclusion. We need to get timely reports. Uh, we need to have the police officers involved in the process. They need to have a say-so in the way these cases are resolved. Um, and I've been successful with that. Since I've been on the campaign trail, I have met with, with the Washington State Troopers uh, here in Logan. I've been endorsed by the West Virginia Troopers Association. Uh, I met with uh, the Logan Sheriff's Department. I've been endorsed by our current sheriff, and I have the support of both of the candidates who are running for sheriff. It is of paramount importance that you have a prosecutor who supports law enforcement and law enforcement who supports the prosecutor, not an individual who antagonizes them and is overly critical of the way they do their job. Thank you very much, Mr. Spradling, your, your response. Well, I don't have to go meet with the police to be able to do my job. Uh, I've been doing that for 29 years and been very successful at it. Uh, what we do need to do is to bring the indictments timely so the police aren't uh, tied up. We need to be able to teach some of the younger members to how to write complaints. That's one of the things the, uh, some of the chiefs and the dep and sheriffs have told me. Uh, we need to be able to work with them, but that's inherent in what you do. You don't... The campaign trail is not the state police barracks. The campaign trail is Ackerville. And uh, I, I have been very successful, been doing it for 29 years, and I don't know who Mr. Walling say has complained about, but it wasn't me. Our next question goes to you, Mr. Spradling, and this is hypothetically. If drug-related crime in Logan County just sort of disappeared, if that wasn't 95% of uh, crime in Logan County, what then would be the top priority for your prosecutor's office? Domestic violence and sexual assault. Uh, most of the other crime, uh, economic crimes are largely driven by drugs. But sexual assaults, particularly against children, have a different motivation. I think because of the serious nature, you would have to make that your top priority if there were no drugs. Now, of course, drugs do cause some of that.
crime, but it seems to be have a little different basis. So that would be the second largest things I would do. Murders occur pretty much at a constant rate and have various motivations. But we have a lot of unreported and unprosecuted sexual assaults and offenses against children. And Mr. Wandling, your uh, one-minute response. Uh, if we all of a sudden had drugs disappear, then the priority would be getting violent offenders and repeat offenders off the street. We'd be able to prioritize those types of offenses uh, more effectively than we are now. Um, if you had a world without drugs, uh, our violent crime rate is currently at an all-time low. Quite frankly, there wouldn't be much for the prosecuting attorney and law enforcement to do. Um, because again, our violent crime rate, thankfully, is at historic uh, is at historic low levels. Over 90% of what we do is addiction related. So if addiction goes away, our costs are going to go down, and we'll be able to prioritize getting repeat offenders and violent criminals off the street. Unfortunately, that's not the reality of the world that we live in. Thank you. Uh, the next question is yours. What makes a successful and effective prosecutor? Well, it's the job of a prosecutor to see that justice is served. It's not the job of a prosecutor to get convictions. Uh, what a prosecutor has to do is evaluate each individual case on its merits. A prosecutor has to be able to identify the issues, has to be able to relate to people, meet with victims, uh, hear them out, meet with police officers. A prosecutor has to be able to bring people together. You have to be able to work with various police agencies, sometimes who have differing goals on an individual case. You have to be able to work with victims who, who a lot of times you're not going to get along with. Um, you may see uh, a set of facts a different way. But at the end of the day, what makes a, a successful prosecutor is the ability to find justice, is to look at a set of facts, identify the issues, uh, come up with what the strengths and weaknesses are on any individual case, and then come up with a just result. If that's a trial and there's no offer, that's fine. If that's a plea and you can come up with a just result, um, then that's what a prosecutor is here to do. It's not our job to put everybody in prison. It's not our job to send everybody to rehab. It's not our job to terminate everyone's parental rights. It's our job to evaluate each individual case on its merits and come up with a fair and just result, which makes our community a better place uh, and a safer place for everybody who lives here. Mr. Spradling, your one-minute response. What makes an effective prosecutor is knowledge of the people in the county, broad experience, dedicated to his job, and being available at all times to the members of the county. I don't know of very much problems in bringing law enforcement together and this coordination idea. I haven't ran into that. I've been very able to work with every law enforcement agency. Uh, effectiveness depends on experience, ability to stand up and try cases, and knowledge of the people and being related to people and moving around in the county and working with them. Our uh, next question goes to you, Mr. Spradling. A uh, county prosecutor can be a thankless job. It can also be a very stressful job. Uh, so this is a, a question to that. Why do you want to be the Logan County prosecutor? I want to be a county prosecutor because I'm dedicated to the law and have been since youth. Uh, 
it, it, it can be a stressful job. I'm used to that. It cannot be more stressful than a defense attorney uh, or sales engineer, for that matter. Uh, I want to be one because I'm dedicated to the law. Also, I've dedicated, as I've been doing, to serving the people. I just love the people. I love the atmosphere, and I have experience in running a small office. Uh, and it can be very helpful to people. It's very rewarding. It is not, to me, it is not thankless. To some people, it is thankless. I love to just stay right here in Logan County and do my job as a, as a prosecutor. When I was coming down here, my daughter said, you'll do okay in the Bay because you are a experienced professional. That's what I would expect, expect to do in the prosecutor's office. Mr. Wendling, uh, your one-minute response. Jay, uh, I want to be the prosecuting attorney because I want to make this community a better place. Uh, I'm tired of hearing stories of hopelessness. I'm tired of meeting with victims uh, and their families uh, and hearing how addiction has wrecked their lives. I'm tired of addiction being pushed to the side. Um, I want to make this community a better place. Uh, I want to bring it back to the childhood home that I had. Um, because what I came back to when I came back here to work in 2005 is an entirely different community. And I want to be the prosecuting attorney because I believe in this community. Uh, I believe uh, in the people that live here. I've dedicated my career since day one to helping them. Um, and I'm just tired of the neglect. I'm tired of the addiction. I'm tired of the hopeless feeling that this community has. And I want to be the prosecutor to improve uh, uh, uh on the way that we view our community. It's time we take it back from the drugs. Our final questions before uh, closing statement uh, first goes to Mr. Wanley. Anyone who runs for election for any office <clears throat> feels they are the best choice uh, for voters, and that's any office. Why are you the best choice to be prosecutor? I'm the best choice to be prosecutor because I'm the candidate that has the most relevant experience to being the prosecutor. As I told you last time, I prosecuted... Uh, I've been an assistant prosecuting attorney for the last eight years. During that time, I've handled thousands of cases in every single area of the law required by a prosecutor. I'm trusted by my peers. Virtually every attorney practicing in the criminal justice system in Logan has chosen to support me. Uh, I'm supported by, uh, as I've already told you, I have the support of law enforcement. Uh, all of my child protective services caseworkers are supporting me. Um, and I actually have ideas to make this community a better place. Uh, I haven't spent my campaign antagonizing those individuals that I'm going to have to work with. Uh, I'm the best candidate because I have the experience, I have the support, I have the trust of my peers, uh, and, I, and I have the ideas which will make Logan County uh, better for everyone that lives and works here, uh, whereas my opponent, he likes to talk a lot uh, about ideas um, that are absolutely worthless. Uh, that have nothing to do with being a prosecutor. Uh, I've lived this life for the last eight years, and I know what it takes, uh, and I am dedicated to the people of Logan County, and I'm looking forward uh, to being the next prosecutor. Mr. Spradling, uh, your one-minute response. I'm the best candidate for prosecuting attorney in this race because I actually live in Logan County and spend all my time in Logan County. That is necessary 
to do the job. You have to be out there at night, help to write search warrants, go to murder scenes, crime scenes, try cases. I would hate to try to drive an hour to try a case uh, two ways if I was in a long jury trial. Uh, I have more experience. I have 29 years of experience, and when he says it's relevant experience, every time I've stood up in a courtroom and as prosecutors there, I was doing exactly the same thing that the prosecutor was doing, and that is bringing the facts to the people. And the best candidate, because the most experienced, and I actually live in Logan County. We will now move to our five-minute closing statements, and uh, we go first to Mr. Wandling for his five minutes closing statement. My opponent has made this race about a single issue, or he's attempted to make this race about a single issue. He hands out cards that mention it twice. He's hung banner. He's hung two banners here in Logan County that make reference to it. According to Mr. Spradlin, the single biggest issue affecting the people of Logan County is where I live. I live in Charleston. I've never hidden that fact. It's right there on the front of my Facebook page for anybody that wants to see it. The fact is, it makes absolutely no difference. I've been doing this job for eight years. I have done every aspect of this job which is required of a prosecuting attorney. I'm not some outsider. I grew up in Chapmanville down in Hidden Valley across from Larry and Linda Coffin-Daffer and went to Chapmanville High School where I played baseball for Ted Ellis. As soon as I graduated from law school, I went to work here in Logan. I'm the only candidate who was educated here. And I've spent more of my life either living and working here than Mr. Spradlin has. The question that voters need to ask themselves is why has Mr. Spradlin made this the single biggest issue in this race? The answer is that's all he has. Joe doesn't want to run on record. He doesn't want to compare his record to mine. I'm running on my record. Joe is running from his. As I already told you, I have the experience. I prosecuted thousands of cases. I handled more cases in a week than Mr. Spradlin handles in a year. I've handled over 1,400 abuse and neglect cases in the last year, thousands of cases of matters scored, hundreds of felonies. I've, I've helped the U.S. 119 Task Force recover over a quarter of a million dollars in forfeiture cases. I've handled a couple of thousand juvenile cases. Mr. Spradlin can't quarrel with all of that. Not a word of it. It's true. He doesn't want to compare the experience. So he focuses on where I sleep at night. He doesn't want to compare support. He doesn't want you to know that I have the support from law enforcement, both candidates for sheriff, child protective services workers, the Logan County Child Advocacy Center, community leaders. I've been endorsed by our current sheriff and the West Virginia Troopers Association. Mr. Spradlin has a history with law enforcement. He doesn't want you to know about it. And it's not the kind of, it's, it's not the kind of history with law enforcement that we should expect out of a prosecuting attorney. So what's he do? He hands out cards talking about how long it takes me to get to work. Joe doesn't want you to know that I'm the candidate that's trusted. He doesn't want you to know that every single law you're practicing in Logan County had a choice to make. They could support me or they could support Joe. Every single one of them has chosen to support me. I have the support of the, of the Western State Bar. My record speaks for itself. I was handpicked by the president of the West Virginia State Bar to serve on the lawyer disciplinary board, which oversees cases of attorneys who have run afoul of their ethical duties. Mr. Spradlin has a history with the Western State Bar. It's a troubled one, full of admonishments and suspensions. He doesn't want you to know that, so he talks about my gas mileage. Mr. Spradlin doesn't want to compare ideas in this election. We sat here the last time we were debating, and Mr. Spradlin said out loud, 
answer the first question about what the single biggest issue in this race is. He said substance abuse is an old problem. Tell that to the children being born from neonatal abstinence syndrome. Tell them that substance abuse is an old problem. To tell our police officers and our first responders who are running from pillar to post dealing with overdoses every single second of every day that substance abuse is an old problem. Tell children who are being are removed from, on an emergency basis that substance abuse is an old problem. Tell families like mine and my children who have dealt with the pain and loss of addiction that substance abuse is an old problem. Substance abuse isn't an old problem. It's the single biggest problem affecting this race, this county. It permeates into every single thing that goes on here. Every candidate that will be up here tonight and then in three weeks will talk about addiction. It's not an old problem. That's insulting to the people who are dealing with it every single day. Logan County deserves a prosecuting attorney who understands addiction, how it has affected people, has met with victims who have dealt with it. It doesn't need someone who wants to shove it aside and rant and rave about indictments. Mr. Spradlin tries to hang his hat on experience with, with calling himself a trial lawyer. He hadn't had a trial in 12 years. 12 years. You want to talk about recent history. In 2020, he's prosecuted five cases from start to finish. He says all his clients are getting sweetheart deals on Facebook. All five of them have pled guilty. Four of them are in prison. Again, I handle more cases in a week than he's handled in a year. He doesn't want you to know that. He doesn't want to compare a record. He doesn't want to do any of that. He wants to talk about where I live. What does the prosecutor have to do? A prosecutor has to help this community, has to help this community find justice. Vote for the candidate that has the experience, is trusted by his peers, is supported by law enforcement. On November the 3rd, and whenever you vote, I would be honored to have your vote. Thank you very much. Mr. Spradling, your five-minute closing statement. I'm not going to respond to that vicious, desperate attack, uh, but I will lay out some of the facts about that. And I, I'm going to discard what I've written and say this. Mr. Wanling has made an attack on my trial record. I have tried every sort of case. I've tried just about that you can imagine, a criminal case and others, two juries. I don't remember the last time he's tried a single one. Here's why in the last few years, before Mr. Wanling was at the prosecutor's office, I was trying two and three cases a year, about every kind of case you could do. Many, some of them were convicted, some of them were acquitted, but they all went fairly to a jury. However, after in the last about eight years, I brought trials to the point of trial, cases to the point of the trial, and they choked. And I can go one after another. How about that 16 count? indictment against three people six serious against my clients so bad that the judge says are you really going to go to trial on that no i'm not going to go to trial on that i wait till they give up because they had the facts wrong uh that is just a misrepresentation of my record uh i tried the longest case that i know of was ever tried in logan county it was just before mr wanting was here it was probably when he was in law school or maybe in chapterville high school uh I've tried uh, cases in Alabama, numerous, numerous cases. He just doesn't know about them. Uh, <clears throat> as for all the DHHR cases that he's brought and prosecuted, most of them were bad ideas. At least half of them were bad ideas. I have tried juvenile cases in almost every 
angle. But one thing I have never done is stood up and asked a circuit judge to separate a child from his parents. Most of those, many of those cases could have been worked out, and seldom should the parents be separated from their children. I have varied experiences. I have not made this a one-issue campaign. I went around everywhere in Logan County, but people asked me. People asked me, Joe, where do you live? How is that my fault that people want to know where I live and where Mr. Wanling lives? Uh, I don't see much. As for drugs, he says that I somehow said that this was just a new problem. I remember doing drug cases and having cases in the news. It started out with marijuana was the very worst thing. I, before that, I started out with a three-martini lunch was the biggest problem going to bring down society. Then it was marijuana. And then it was uh, PCB and acid. Now, you think something does some harm. People on PCB or acid wipe out a whole family and write devilish things on the wall. All I said, it's not a new problem. And as far as all these innovative solutions, Mr. Wanling has not named a single one. That is the talk of bureaucrats when they don't know what else to say. I, I've seen the drug th- things uh, develop. Uh, as far as previous calls, he needs more resources. They have more resources than they ever have. But the indictments are a record low. And besides, all this drug treatment and everything is not prosecute under the control of the prosecutor. That's the judge's problem. As a prosecutor, I would do just what a prosecutor is supposed to do. I would, first of all, I'd be accountable to the people. I'd go around to the people I've met on the campaign trail, which is not the police station. It's Ackerville. It's Mud Fork. It's hearts. I have, uh, they want to know about these issues. I ha- I'll, I'll be accountable to those people. I will be effective because of the experience. And I will most of all be accessible to the people. I've done that for ever since on the 23 years I've been in Logan, and I will continue to do that. Thank you very much. I want to thank both gentlemen for participating with us tonight, and uh, uh, we wish you good luck in the campaign and on Election Day and as early voting happens. I also want to thank both of you for staying within the bounds when it comes to uh, uh, criticism. Uh, You did not do personal attacks, uh, but did criticize uh, policy and uh, platform and that sort of thing, and we appreciate you staying within the bounds of the rules. Up next, we'll have the candidates for Logan County Commission. This is Election 2020 on WVOW. Hey, folks, your man Travis Chopper Fair coming to you from Dutch Miller, South Charleston, West Virginia. Coming to you for some deals on Dodge Durango this month. We got the GT all-wheel drive for only $349 a month or the GT Plus all-wheel drive for $419 a month. Call me for the details and let me chop, chop, chop the prices for you. Dutch Miller Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram and Kia in South Charleston. 
304-343-7700 or visit DutchMillerDodge.com. U.S. Loans in Man has a full line of Barnett bows and more, including the Barnett XP400, XP380, Raptor Pro, Mission X330, and the Raven R20. U.S. Loans in Man also has over 400 boxes of 9mm shells. You've been searching everywhere else for them? They are at U.S. Loans right now. And they've recently acquired a $100,000 jewelry deal and will be making some outstanding deals on the items. It's all at U.S. Loans in Man. Call 304-583-6969. The Children's Home Society of West Virginia is a private, non-profit child welfare organization founded in 1896. The Children's Home Society's vision is that each child in West Virginia grows up in a safe and nurturing family that provides for his or her current and future needs. If you would like to know more or become a foster parent, call 304-239-2470. The Children's Home Society of West Virginia. Serving children and families since 1896. Here's NECO employee Brianna White. When you are a foster parent with NECO, you have a team of people behind you. We have case managers who are in your home answering any questions at any hour of the day you might have. We have therapists. We have staff that can come and assist you with anything that might come up. We work with the schools. We work with the CPS workers. Any way that we could be of assistance to help you meet the needs of the children. Call NECO of Logan at 3 704-752-7830. Evans Funeral Home and Cremation Services, founded in 1975 by Riley Joe Evans, is a full-service funeral provider. And 2020 makes it 45 years of offering services that respect all faiths, personal preferences, and financial considerations. They're the only funeral home in Boone, Lincoln, and Logan with its own crematory. Contact Evans Funeral Home and Cremation Services at 304-855-3232 or visit www.evans-funeral-home.com or like Evans Funeral Home and Cremation services on Facebook to see their updated obituary information. It is election 2020 from the Savas Costas Performing Arts Center on the campus of Southern West Virginia Community and Technical College. Succeed at Southern. You're listening to the second debate series on WVOW AM and FM and WVOWradio.com. The two candidates for Logan County Commission are Diana Bardett and Dr. Ed White. By the selection of random process, our first question will go to Mrs. Barnett. What part of county government or which county agency in Logan County do you think needs more attention and maybe more funding? Um, I think maybe the um, the Day Report Center may need a little more attention. We all know that the opioid addiction and drug addiction in our county is probably the number one biggest problem that we have. Um, I think we could work closer with them to to provide some additional uh, funding, maybe some additional help for that problem. Also, um, you know, economic development is my baby. I, I really love to build businesses and people work, so I think the Economic Development Authority could use a little help, too. And, Dr. White, your one-minute response. I agree with those points. Um, economic development, uh, it needs a big boost. I don't think we've gotten near as much traction with that as we could have and should have. So I think that's there. In order to, to fight the opioid crisis and everything else, we have to have funds to do it. Economic development is going to be a, a core issue there. And the next question will go to you, Dr. White. Uh, what do you see as the most pressing needs for infrastructure or capital projects or building and construction in the county? Broadband 
I think um, is the biggest single <clears throat> issue. It's um, woefully inadequate. We need uh, we need it for our schools, particularly now with with all this virtual instruction. Uh, in order to bring any kind of business in, we must have adequate broadband, and we simply don't have that right now. Uh, that's going to be a big, a tall order because we have to pull a lot of resources together and make that happen. There's work being done on that now, but it's a huge undertaking, and it's going to require cooperation from multiple agencies and also some help from the the, the legislature in Charleston as well. Mrs. Barnett, yeah, your one-minute response. Um, I would agree. I would agree with um, Dr. White. Broadband is is very important, and that does need a lot more attention. Um, the county commission has been doing a great job with um, Logan County PSD. They're right on top of things there, so um, I think that you know more attention to broadband would would be a great start. Uh, next question goes to you. Can you see any parts of the county budget uh, that should be cut? Uh, and if so, uh, what might, might those cuts be? So um, I've been studying the budget since it was published in, in the banner um, in July. And I've been going line by line. And I see that there are several different um, areas that we could make some changes, reallocate some of those funds. Um, for example, um, Parks and Rec has a $235,000 budget for this year coming. And when I spoke with county commission, there's nowhere, we don't need that kind of money for parks and rec. So that could be reallocated. Um, I think it just needs, um, we just need to take a really strong look at that and make sure that uh, we're not wasting any money. I think that we could really tighten our belts and um, divert some of those funds to some of the economic development that I was talking about and, and some drug rehabilitation. Uh, Dr. White, your one-minute response. Repeat the question, please. Uh, are there any parts of the county budget that you think could or should be cut, and what might they be? There, are, I think there are quite a few. Um, you would have to, just like my experience with the Board of Education, you have to be involved before you can can determine what's wasteful, what's necessary, what's overfunded, what's underfunded. Um, I'm not in a position to do that yet as far as specifics because I haven't been there. But we clearly we have to make every dollar count. Uh, we need to, to bring in more revenues and we need to spend less because our, our revenues are shrinking. So we're going to have to, to make that. There's not room for any waste in our, in our county government, so we'll have to make every dollar count. Uh, again, I can't be specific because I haven't been, been there yet. Our next question goes to you. Uh, what element of Logan County's government is most effective, do you think, uh, whether it be an agency or a group or something the county government does? What do you think is the most effective? Well, I, I think our commission has uh, – there's room for improvement, and there are a lot of things that I'd like to see done better. But I think that, that um, they've actually done a pretty good job in the face of of the, the revenue challenges, and I have seen some of that from my service on the school board as tax collections are pretty weak, to say the least. Um, you know, we have good water system. Uh, we have among the best, arguably the best, fire and ambulance uh, emergency medical services in the state. So some things have been done right. The rec center, 
was established. Uh, the commission helped with that. The commission uh, helps with operating expenses. Uh, 20 years ago, uh, we're the, this is the 20th anniversary coming up soon of the Hatfield-McCoy Trail System. The commission helped with establishing that. A lot of people, including myself, a longtime trail rider uh, before my last set of injuries, um, I didn't think it would work. And most people just kind of put that idea down. But the commission actually stuck with it and saw that through, and we see the results now. So they're doing some things right. Uh, there's some things that we could do better. Uh, I think there's room for a lot of improvement. I'm not saying the commission is perfect by any stretch, but they it's easy to criticize, but uh, I think they've actually done a, done a pretty good job. Our sheriff's department, I think, also does a good job. Thank you very much. Uh, Mrs. Barnett, your uh, one-minute response. Well, the... Um Anytime I go in the courthouse, everybody in there is working. I think the circuit clerk's office does a great job. The, the county clerk's office, it seems as though um, everybody knows their job, and they do a really good job at it. Um, I would agree with um, Doc Eddy that, uh, you know, there's always room for improvement, and I think the general public, we see things from the outside, um, and and sometimes when you're in the middle of of working day in, day out on the same job, like in the courthouse or on a county commission, you sometimes miss some of the things that you could do better. So, um, you know, again, I think that the employees and everybody that works at the courthouse and for the county commission do the best that they can. So um, I think we're doing a pretty good job. Now, the next question is yours. What policy changes or investments are needed to encourage broader and more robust employment in Logan County? Um, I don't know if there's a lot of policy changes that need to be changed. I think that we could um, just make it more desirable for um, businesses to come here actively and aggressively seek out um, businesses to come here, make it uh, more appealing. We have this natural beauty here in Logan. We have uh, great people. Um, we have a lot of interest from trail riders who come in here and say, um, you know, what's the job market like there? We would kind of like to live there. So, um I think that we could just do a better job at marketing our town. Dr. White, uh, your one-minute response. Uh, the question is, what policy changes or investments are needed to encourage broader and more robust employment? Investments, uh, clearly broadband, uh, better cell service. Um, as far as policy, and I'm not sure if this is policy or just enforcement of policy, in order to grow our tourism industry, we have enormous potential. We've done a lot, but we have enormous potential that's been untapped. Uh, we have to get serious about litter. Uh, we had a river cleanup project a few years ago. The river looked like as something out of field and stream for a while. And then the, the West Virginia whitefish start piling up again, the bleach jugs and the milk jugs and the just garbage. That, and, and I think it's a collaborative effort between DNR, conservation, other law enforcement, and the magistrate court to uh, prosecute those cases. We have to enforce that, and I don't think they've been enforced, and I think that's huge. I think it's an absolute must if we want to, to grow tourism. I'm going to ask you to expound on that. Uh, the final question uh, uh, before we do final statements is yours, and uh, it's about the very thing you just spoke about, a major complaint from citizens who live here and an actual barrier to further economic development is the high number of dilapidated structures, but also trash dumping and litter. As a county commissioner, is, there, is this a priority for you 
And uh, do you plan on addressing it maybe with stricter law? It is a priority. I don't know that. Uh, did you say stricter law? Uh, if possible, or uh, county ordinance. I'm not sure how much leeway we would have with that, how much would have to come from Charleston, how much we could do locally. But dilapidated structures, they have torn down a lot of them, but I see them every day. We all do. There are a lot more that need to be that need to be torn down and, and cleaned up. Um, and again, you know, we just the litter situation. You know, we we can clean things up and make this place look a lot better and a lot more attractive for people who visit from from other areas. They love the people here. I I've ridden trails with people from all over the country and, and some other countries as well, and they um, they love the people. They love the area, but I hear over and over and over, why don't they clean the place up a little bit? So. Mrs. Barnett, uh, your one-minute response. Uh, will dilapidated structures, trash, and littering uh, be a priority, and do you think we need stricter laws on it? I think we do need stricter laws, and I think we need to um, actually um, enforce the ones that we already have. Um, I personally have turned a few people in for public dumping, having trash in their yards. Um, they get a citation, they're warned to clean it up, and they clean it up, then six months later it's there again. I think we should enforce the laws that we have. Um, I think I have a, I've, I've got a, a big plan for litter control, um, and I feel like we have to use every idea we can come up with and just keep working at it. Um, the dilapidated houses, I think we need to work closer with our communities. It's hard to get, you know, we have a lot of different haulers and places around here that we don't get to every day, so we don't see it every day. So I think we need to work with our communities so we can identify those problems, and you'll have a lot of people in those communities that will help you. I thank you both very much. We'll now go to our five-minute final statement, starting with Dr. White. I'm a lifelong resident of Logan County. Um, Born in Huntington, but I've been here since I was three days old. This is home. Uh, one point I'd like to make, first I want to revisit one of the earlier uh, comments with what the commission has done. I think a big thing that I didn't mention is air evac. That's been a huge help for our area at an average cost of less than $5 per citizen per year. So that that's just really huge. Uh, one point that I, I need to make, because, you know, right now our country is in a really bad way, Democrat versus Republican, uh, no one reaches across the aisle, uh, no spirit of cooperation. Uh, I'm, I'm running as a Democrat. I'm registered as a Democrat. Um, I'm conservative, and I think I share these beliefs with a lot, probably the majority of Democrats, at least those in our courthouse that I've talked with. I'm conservative. Um, to me, the sanctity of life is not negotiable. I'm 100% pro-life, always will be. That'll never change, ever. Um I believe in responsibility for a person. The person is responsible for their own actions. Uh, political gripes don't make it okay to destroy property and, and steal. Uh, I think the Constitution is the backbone of our society, including the Second Amendment. The right to bear arms is what keeps us a free country, and I think that's absolutely essential. But I just want to make that clear. I'm a Democrat, but I'm not. I don't identify with a lot of the the hard left-wing Democrats. I just don't. Um, we all have our own opinions. Sometimes we agree. Sometimes we don't agree. But if we don't agree on one issue, can we not set that aside for a minute, 
let's work on something else. We have other business to take care of. And if you get some success there, and I've been through this with other organizations, and it can be very effective. Once you achieve some success, then you can come back and solve other problems. You've developed a spirit of cooperation and trust, and, and I think that that could be helpful. Um, I've served in a lot of community activities. I've coached basketball, Little League, Lions Club, Weekend. I helped establish, and Board of Education. I helped establish, along with Bob Noon and Joe Raymond, we established the Logan Mingo Child Advocacy Center. Logan at the time, Mingo added in later. Um, and, and I feel really good about that. I serve on the hospital board. I serve on the community college board. We went through a very difficult process there that took a year and a half to replace the administration, which had just didn't have a feel for our area. They didn't understand our culture and our people. It was absolutely necessary. The college was on a path that would have led to failure within a, probably a year from now, possibly sooner with loss of accreditation. We were on a, on a spiral downward. We actually had, I just got word this afternoon, we've had an increase in enrollment I don't know when it's been years since we've had an increase because I've been involved three years and it's declined, but it's been several years since they've actually had an increase in, in enrollment. So that's working. Um, we're, we're rebuilding the college. It's absolutely essential to this area. If the college folds up, that'll be a huge loss for us. So, I, you know, I've been involved in a lot of those sort of things. My service on the board of education um, was a real eye opener. And, but I, I think I demonstrated that I'm an independent thinker. No one tells me what to do or, or how to do it. I look at a situation, I talk with people, I think about it, I pray, and I do what I think is best for the people I serve. I, I do not find allegiance in anyone, any politician or anyone other than God. Um, I, I feel if you have the opportunity to contribute, you have the responsibility to contribute. Um, I found myself in that position, and that's why I stepped down from the Board of Education just a few months before my term was to end. I think the board is in very good hands right now and functioning really well, and it's in a very difficult climate. So uh, I want to help coordinate efforts between the Board of Education, the commission, the community college, the hospital board. Uh, the hospital has huge resources available. Um, Appalachian Power can help with some things. I just want to pull all these entities together to, to work together to, to find resources, energy, ideas, um, financial resources, of course, to, to make some things happen. So that's, I've talked longer than I intended to, so I see the light. I'll shut up. Thank you very much. We appreciate your time. Uh, Mrs. Barnett, your five-minute closing statement. Thank you, Jay. Um, I love West Virginia, and I love Logan County. Um, I've lived here all my life, and my family's here. My heart is here. I started working when I was 16 years old. My husband and I have several businesses in Logan County. I know the value of hard work, and I know what it takes to create jobs. The economic development of Logan County has been stagnant for some time now. We keep losing valuable businesses and members of our workforce, they're being forced to relocate because they have no opportunities. It's heartbreaking to see empty storefronts and multiple houses for sale within our communities. We've heard so many projects for so long have not been completed. Where's our adventure park? Where is our mountain coaster? What happened to our racetrack? 
We have a vacant industrial park, and we lost our wood plant, and we lost Gordman's. We can't change the past, but we can improve on our future. I want to build on these previous ideas and see them completed and bring new possibilities to the table to stimulate our growth. We need diversification. We need to take advantage of our skill sets, our location, and our heritage. We need a manufacturing facility for the military equipment. Our guys know how to rebuild miners in their sleep. They can rebuild anything we put in front of them. We need a sports complex. We're sending our travel ball teams to other states, spending our money. We could have a sports complex here and bring in so many teams on the weekends. I have so many ideas that I don't sleep at night. (laughs) Um, I know how to bring people together to accomplish big ideas. And I will work tirelessly to help revitalize our economy. Recognizing opportunities that we have is our key to growth. Our tourism is headed in the right direction, but we need to encourage private investors and support entrepreneurs to bring their dreams to life. We all know that litter is a big problem. I've put together a four-point plan to address our litter control, and I believe we all want a cleaner county, and together we can achieve that goal. As commissioner, I work for our voters. I want every citizen of Logan to be comfortable calling me on the phone and asking me questions. I'm their advocate. Hold me accountable. If you think I'm doing something wrong, you call me and you tell me. Maybe I am doing something wrong. Maybe I don't know it. I need to hear from every voter, and I want them to feel comfortable to call me. You have the right to have your voice heard and to know where your money is being spent. The people of Logan County should be our consultants. As a mom and a grandmother, I want my kids to be able to stay here. I want my grandchildren to have the option to stay here if they want. We owe it to ourselves and our families to preserve our way of life. Addiction is another big problem we have. And I want I, I, my dream is to have the nation's best rehab facility in Logan County so we can help everybody. I remember what Logan used to be. I remember the pride and the optimism that we felt knowing we worked hard we'd be successful. I want that back. I know what it takes to help diversify and revitalize our economy. As your commissioner, I will work with you to bring new ideas to the table, complete the new and old projects, make sure your voice is heard as we work towards improving our home. I'm ready to fight for Logan County, and I'm confident that together we can be unstoppable. I am persistent. I won't take no for an answer, and we'll make those dreams come true. And the last thing I have to say is God is in control. Thank you. Thank you uh, both for uh, your excellent work today and for joining us and giving us your time, and uh, we appreciate it. Up next, our two candidates for state senate for the 7th District. This is Election 2020 on WVOW. Hey, folks, your man Travis Chopper Fair come to you from Dutch Miller, South Charleston, West Virginia, home of Friends of Family Price. And we got the 19-model Ram heavy-duty trucks right now up to $6,500 off on the 25 Crew Tradesman or $7,500 off on the 3,500 Crew Bighorn. Call me for the details and let me chop, chop, chop the prices for you. 
304-343-7700 or visit DutchMillerDodge.com. Evans Funeral Home and Cremation Services, founded in 1975 by Riley Joe Evans, is a full-service funeral provider. And 2020 makes it 45 years of offering services that respect all faiths, personal preferences, and financial considerations. They're the only funeral home in Boone, Lincoln, and Logan with its own crematory. Contact Evans Funeral Home and Cremation Services at 304-855-3232 or visit www.evans-funeral-home.com or like Evans Funeral Home and Cremation Services on Facebook to see their updated obituary information. The Children's Home Society of West Virginia is a private, non-profit child welfare organization founded in 1896. The Children's Home Society's vision is that each child in West Virginia grows up in a safe and nurturing family that provides for his or her current and future needs. If you would like to know more or become a foster parent, call 304-239-2470. The Children's Home Society of West Virginia, serving children and families since 1896. U.S. Loans in Man has a full line of Barnett bows and more, including the Barnett XP400, XP300, 380, Raptor Pro, Mission X330, and the Raven R20. U.S. Loans in Man also has over 400 boxes of 9mm shells. You've been searching everywhere else for them? They are at U.S. Loans right now. And they've recently acquired a $100,000 jewelry deal and will be making some outstanding deals on the items. It's all at U.S. Loans in Man. Call 304-583-6969. Here's NECO employee Jennifer Smith. We struggle with placing teenagers, and we would love to have more parents get involved and step forward that will have a heart for these teenagers to teach them how to become an adult, to be loved and cared for, and want them to succeed in life. And you could be that person. Call Neko of Logan at 304-752-7830. It is election 2020 from the Sabbath Costas Performing Arts Center on the campus of Southern West Virginia Community and Technical College. Succeed at Southern. The two candidates for state senate for the 7th District, that includes all of Logan, Boone, and Lincoln Counties and parts of Mingo and Wayne Counties, our delegate Ralph Rodigero and former delegate Ruby Phillips. By random selection, our first question goes to Mr. Phillips. If elected, what would be the first bill you would propose or uh, what would be your number one legislative priority? You know, Jay, I'd probably start off with what's went on like down at Marshall on the threats of wishing somebody in, that's in the higher education or K through 8 making threats that they want people to die to quit teaching their personal liberal thoughts in our classrooms. Let our kids make that decision. If a math teacher is preaching liberalism, then they need to stop. They need to teach math. That's plain and simple. We are brain letting these liberals brainwash our kids. We have to put a stop to it. It's time to draw a line in the sand and stop it. Uh, Mr. Rodigero, your uh, one-minute response. Um, I don't have no response, sir. I just got to answer. Okay. Okay. Uh, 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 go right ahead. Okay. Um, I want to introduce a, a bill that I've named the Lifeline Act. It provides tax incentives for any industry or any established business that's around or in southern West Virginia that, that opens their doors back up. And it would be such as a large tax break for the company or industry. I want to help create jobs in southern West Virginia. Our next question goes to uh, Delegate Roddy Garrow. 
And uh, the question is, what is the worst problem facing West Virginia, the very worst problem, and how can it be fixed in the legislature? Uh, I'm going to say it's a toss-up, but between the drug epidemic and the the roads, uh, they're running close. Um, I guess I'll go to the drug epidemic because it's personally affected me in several ways. A few years back, we we passed some legislation to – make it stricter on doctors to write prescription drugs. Uh, at the time, I think it was thought to be the answer. But what's happened uh, from that is that we've had people with um, injuries from the coal mines, such as my dad, that uh, wasn't able to obtain these pain pills because they kind of painted all the people that have taken medication with one brush. The reality of that is my dad, he he got cut off, I'm going to say, he was taking four or five uh, pain pills a day because he was covering up the mines. He needed that. The intention was to help the drug seekers to get off of it. So the drug seekers revert to, um, I'm say, Oxycontin, uh, fentanyl, and and the result of that is that we got more drug overdoses today than we ever did. And the bad part of it is these people that deserve their medications are suffering and they're entitled to this medicine. So I think. I think we need to take another look at that. If it's to maybe give the doctors more uh, more way to uh, to 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 adjust to the individual that's on these medications to be able to stay on them. Thank you very much, uh, Delegate Phillips. Uh, your one minute response or answer the same question. Creating felony crime of conducting financial transactions involving proceeds of criminal activity. Here is a roll call. I won't give the year. I'll let them do their own research. But my opponent voted no. What this bill is, is real simple. Make it harder on the drug dealers to, to move their money. But my opponent chose to fall in with the trial lawyers and be supportive of, of them. So how can he sit here and say he's against drug dealing when he voted no? That blows my mind. Gentlemen, the rest of the questions I'll be asking you this evening uh, and in your second debate coming up in October will be questions and concerns that have been asked us at the radio station most often by citizens in the 7th District. Uh, The next question will go to Delegate Phillips. What must be done to fix our roads and keep them fixed? You know, Jay, I'm a salesman. I travel all over the state selling electric motors to coal mines, so I see how bad these roads are. But we have to give the tools to DOH. We have to let them do it. They are set on a schedule that they can't get out and do things. The biggest thing is we got to keep our ditches and our drains cleared because the water running across the roads eats them up. We have to do that. We have to find the funding. I am not going to raise taxes. I can promise you that. But we have to find the funding. Funding. You know, our DHHR is over 40% of the budget, and K-8 through is over 20%. I'm not saying cut them. But we need to trim some. Yes, we need to fix our roads, and I will stand behind fixing every road in the state. Delegate Rodigero, a one-minute answer or response? Uh, no response. What's the question? All right. Uh, our next question is uh, for Delegate Rodigero. Outside of roads, uh, we have a large number of infrastructure issues in West Virginia. This would include water and sewer and Internet access, broadband, and Internet speed. What needs to be done in the legislature to address those infrastructure issues? 
Well, you know, we're fortunate this time. We got some of that carriage money. We got $1.5 million to the state that if if we have an opportunity to go back into a special session, we can direct some of that money toward those projects. Broadband is probably one of the most, most messages I get of concerns. Uh, I think even uh, one of the gentlemen while ago on a train commission stand was commenting on we have kids now that that's the only access they got to doing their uh, homework, et cetera. And broadband is very important, and we could take some of that money and also direct toward the road, the road situation. The two most common complaints I get is the roads and broadband, and of course the drug epidemic. Uh, and I think some of that money needs to be directed in that direction. Thank you very much. Uh, our next question is for Mr. Phillips. Healthcare is a constant and immediate need in West Virginia. Uh, pardon me? I got one minute. Oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. Yes, one minute response first. Okay. Or Thank to answer the same question. Thank you very much. Not to be rude, sir. No, no. I, I just was skipped ahead. Go well, right ahead. If my opponent would uh, be aware of this, I think AEP is putting uh, broadband in southern West Virginia. I think they're starting like four or five counties. Then once they get it down into our counties, they're going to subcontract it out to the Sudden Link and Bowen and all these other cable companies to get it out to the citizens. So I think it's coming to southern West Virginia, and I'm glad Logan County is one of the first counties to get it. I apologize for skipping ahead. Our next question is uh, about health care. It's a immediate need in West Virginia because we have such an elder population. What plan would you implement to secure health care for people, especially for retirees, but also those covered uh, by the recent Medicaid expansion. Well, Jay, I'm going to tell you something. I used to work for Diane and Ronnie, and back at that time, my health care was $474 a month for me and my little girl. Right now, just yesterday, I paid thirteen twenty-five and ten cents just for me. That's no eye, no dental. We have to make it more affordable across for everyone. Now, what is available right now in the in the coffers to help Medicaid and so forth, I'm not sure. I'm not in Charleston right now. I haven't been there for the past two years. But I can promise you I want everybody to have good health care. I want the best doctors. I want the best nurses. And, by the way, we do have them here in Logan County. Delegate Rodigero, uh, uh, either uh, one minute to answer the same question or a response. Well, you know, it's a tough question. A lot of that's controlled is, a, is above the state legislature's hand. We can, you know, we could lobby uh, with our uh, congressman and senator to get money to come in and help maybe supplement the Medicare. You know, I feel sorry for the elderly people. I'll give you an instance. The PEIA, um, people that receive that, and especially the retirees, they haven't had a raise in over 20 years, and yet their uh, premiums still go up. So, you know, that's, that's a tough answer. Um, but I, I guess to continue to work getting federal money to supplement these needs. Our uh, last question before we go to closing statements goes to Delegate Rodigero. First, education issues. And, again, this, all these uh, questions are based on what people have asked us at the radio station. Education issues including teacher pay, low test scores, whether or not we have charter schools, in-school services for students at need are always at the top of the list in everybody's mind. What is the current state of our schools in West Virginia and what does the legislature need to do uh, to address the issues involved there? Okay, are you referring to the epidemic going on or just the, the how our schools? Uh, overall uh, education issue. You, you know, um, Jake, I think our, our school teachers in West Virginia are some of the best. Um, my door was wide open to the teachers during the strike. 
My room was wide open. My phone was accessible. I stood on the picket lines with them. I stood with the teachers 100%. I fought for their 5% pay. I fought for the PIA insurance. And I will continue to fight for the teachers for future raises. Uh, the 5% was good a year or two ago. They need even more. I think uh, the surrounding states are paying ten to $15,000 more than our teachers. In order to keep these teachers in state, we got to compete with them. So I'm for getting the teachers back up to where we need to be. And as your state legislature, as your uh, senator, I will be able to have more opportunity to work on these issues. Uh, Delegate Phillips, uh, your one-minute response or answer the same question. Well, first of all, Jay, I think we need to let teachers teach. Teachers knows what's best for the kids in their classroom. Me and my opponent, we had the same voting record when I was in Charleston. Only difference is I wasn't out on the uh, sidelines with his cheerleading coach, Ojeda, fighting the doors. Now, real simple, my door was always open, too. I had teachers in my office. He can't deny that. All right. Uh, and now we will go to our uh, closing statements. It's uh, five minutes, and we start with uh, Delegate Rodigero. Uh Yes, sir. I'd like to be the next state senator in District 7. I think I've proven myself to be a representative of the people. I work hard. I, I don't just have one issue that I wrestle with. I got disabilities. I went 10, 12 years ago as a House of Delegates. I fought for insurance. I for, We worked for four years to force insurance companies to cover kids with disabilities such as autism and any child on the spectrum. Now, any child that is diagnosed with this disability, they have the insurance companies are forced to provide services such as OT, speech, anything in that area. Um, and I want to continue this battle. We have foster kids. Uh, we just recently, in this past uh, session, we got an additional $50 a week added to the foster home care to help them uh, pave the way for these kids for their needs. Uh, we recently, in the last session also, uh, actually session before, we cut Social Security taxes in the state of West Virginia. It's in a three-stage uh, move toward it. We're, we're in the second year now, and as of next year, there will be no people paying taxes on Social Security. This will give elderly people the opportunity to maybe buy groceries for the last week or, or pay a bill. Some of them will provide $120, $30 left over a month for each individual, which is well needed. And I want to continue this battle. I am in Charleston to represent the people. There's no corporate that writes me a check to contribute to my donation. I take checks from... Uh, uh, please uh, hold uh, for a response on your time. Uh, please continue. Okay. All my money comes from common people, labor, and unions, and the working people. And that's what, that's the only money I will accept. I will not accept them from AEP or big, any big high-rolling people. Thank you. And, uh, Delegate Phillips, uh, your five-minute closing statement. All right, real fast. In 12 years, my opponent introduced 476 bills, and he had two go to the governor to get signed. That is pathetic. He says he is your voice, carrying your voice to Charleston. He hasn't brought nothing back to, to where, uh, southern West Virginia, Logan County, or anything. Heck, he don't even know how many years he's been in office. Now, let me tell you, 12. He says he won't accept money from AEP. In 2016, on his finance report, $500 from AEP. It's right here, black and white. Go to the West Virginia Secretary of State's website, and you can find it yourself. Now, I stand for God, Colin Guns, and Trump. 
I am fighting for Donald Trump. I am fighting against liberal leadership because when he goes to Charleston, he's going to fight for the liberal president of the Senate. That's real plain and simple. We cannot let what happened in Virginia of gun control. You let the liberal leaders. Logan County, southern West Virginia has some of the greatest conservative Democrats in the world, but they're not Virginia Democrats. They're not D.C. liberal Democrats. That's what my opponent is willing to go over there and support that kind of leadership. That is pathetic, plain pathetic. I'm sure you've heard that before on a few other people. But let me say this. You want somebody to go to Charleston and get along with people and get things done, I'm a salesman, as I've stated before. I can make things happen. I will go over and I will go right into leadership role, into the energy uh, committee. And ladies and gentlemen, coal is not dead. Yes, we're struggling on thermal energy, but, you know, we have the thing called metallurgical coal that a lot of us drive the car. We have to have that met coal. We have coal jobs. We got two new coal mines that's just opened up here in Logan County. Thank God. We've got another one getting ready to come back up online. Coal's not dead. I'm willing to fight for the southern part of West Virginia and give it all I got and support Donald Trump and fight the liberals. Gentlemen, I thank you both for your time, and uh, we will congratulate all of our candidates that spoke here tonight. Uh, as we wind up, I'll remind our listeners that we will uh, go to ABC News here shortly and uh, give you tonight's presidential debate. Thanks to all those at Southern West Virginia Community and Technical College who made this possible tonight, and thanks to our sponsor. And thanks again to all of our candidates. We'll now take our final break and then go to ABC News. This is WVOW AM and FM and WVOWradio.com. Hey, folks, your man Travis Chopper Fair coming to you from Dutch Miller, South Charleston, West Virginia. Coming to you for some deals on Dodge Durango this month. We got the GT all-wheel drive for only $349 a month or the GT Plus all-wheel drive for $419 a month. Call me for the details and let me chop, chop, chop the prices for you. Dutch Miller Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram and Kia in South Charleston, 304-343-7700 or visit DutchMillerDodge.com. The Children's Home Society of West Virginia is a private, non-profit child welfare organization founded in 1896. The Children's Home Society's vision is that each child in West Virginia grows up in a safe and nurturing family that provides for his or her current and future needs. If you would like to know more or become a foster parent, call 304-239-2470. The Children's Home Society of West Virginia, serving children and families since 1896. U.S. Loans in Man has a full line of Barnett bows and more, including the Barnett XP400, XP380, Raptor Pro, Mission X330, and the Raven R20. U.S. Loans in Man also has over 400 boxes of 9mm shelves. You've been searching everywhere else for them? They are at U.S. Loans right now. And they've recently acquired a $100,000 jewelry deal and we'll be making some outstanding deals on the items. It's all at U.S. Loans in Man. Call 304-583-6969. Here's NECO employee Becky Adams. Foster parents are one of the biggest resources that can be used to help children heal from trauma. 
and it doesn't take a perfect parent to be a foster parent, just somebody that is willing to open their home, open their hearts, and provide them with some stability, love, and structure. Call NECO of Logan at 304-752-7830. Evans Funeral Home and Cremation Services, founded in 1975 by Riley Joe Evans, is a full-service funeral provider. And 2020 makes it 45 years of offering services that respect all faiths, personal preferences, and financial considerations. They're the only funeral home in Boone, Lincoln, and Logan with its own crematory. Contact Evans Funeral Home and Cremation Services at 304-855-3232 or visit www.evans-funeral-home.com or like Evans Funeral Home and Cremation Services on Facebook to see their updated obituary information.